Okay. Camera speed. Sound production. Take one. Action! And welcome everybody to the semi-social movie club. My name is Cody Wilson and I am joined alongside one of the most amazing co-hosts on the face of the planet, Anthony Breitenberg. Hey, how's it going, buddy? Guess what, everybody? It's a spooky week because it's a <laughs> horror movie, baby. Uh, I say horror. A lot of people say thriller. So this week we're talking about John Carpenter's The Thing. Hey, man, you want to watch a movie? In case everyone's keeping along, that is the 1982 version of The Thing. Nothing wrong with the 2011 version. It's a solid movie on its own, but we wanted to talk Carpenter this week. Because in case you listened to episode one, both of us had the same thing written down on our notes. To be like, we should watch The Thing, and it made it <laughs> perfect. So, my thing is, before we get too into the episode of talking about The Thing, when was the first time that you ever watched it? Uh, to be honest, man, you know, I had never seen it growing up, and I knew it was a classic horror film. Um, it wasn't my first time this time. Yeah. But I honestly watched it maybe for the first time like seven years ago. Okay. Uh, six, Maybe six years ago. Um, you know, the, I was looking for something to fucking watch one night, and the wife was already falling asleep. And either I obtained the DVD somehow or... I know it wasn't on a streaming service. I had the movie, and I remember putting yeah. it in. And uh, it, you know what? My mom had it, and I was fumbling through a bunch of DVDs over there one night. We were over there having dinner, and I was going through the cabinets and, like, getting all the, the DVDs out that she had and finding a whole bunch of old fucking, like, good classics, dude. Like, oh, yeah. The Cell with Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. About the serial killer, and that, which is a dope. My, my favorite thing about that movie? I watched it in high school, at the high school, because my psychology teacher was like, I don't know what to do this week. Watch this We're going to watch The Cell. <laughs> yeah. Watch and, uh, this we fucked like, up psychological what? thriller. And she skipped none of it. And it was yeah. just like, oh, hey, yeah. fuck it. You guys are going to see everything in the world anyway. Here you go. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's a fantastic film we'll have to go over. Um, and then I watched, or I looked at, like, The Sphere. You know, Ooh. and I haven't seen that in a long time. But anyways, I came across um, The Thing. And I was like, you know what? I've never watched this. So I put it in. And... Even watching it like several years ago and not watching it until that point, yeah. I was like, this really holds up like really, really well. And uh, even going back this week and in 2021 and watching it, I still think that. Yeah, I think that I agree. There's, a, there's like a lot of very blatant. There are some elements of the makeup on certain effects that I didn't think were necessary where I was like, if you can do this, why are you doing this? And I think it was yeah. like when they got one of the – whenever the first guy they burnt up or something was on the table and he's like – the face is all melted. It just looks so plastic, you know? Yeah. But I was like, besides a few of those things, dude, it holds up so well. Yeah. And Kurt Russell just – He's a gem. Sells it He's in that gym. movie. So I I watched it years ago and then revisiting it this time. It was it's a fantastic film, dude. Oh yeah. See, I don't think I watched it until probably around the same time, about six years ago, um, because I I had a ex girlfriend that she wanted to watch the 2011 one, 
but I was like, well, you need to watch the other one first. And she goes, ah, it's a prequel to that one, so I'm just going to watch this one first. And she refused to watch the other one first. So I was like, you know, okay, I'm going to watch it on my own then. So I just watched it one night, and I was like, that was a damn good movie. And I, had, everyone had told me to watch it forever, and I've been a Carpenter fan for so long right. that I was pissed at myself my favorite's for waiting that long. Fog for me. Hell yeah. I do. Fog is my favorite carpenter, but that's my, my second you, favorite I, is Halloween. I gotta tell you, dude, Carpenter's a fucking he's, he's he's a genius. A, he, I, I've been saying it for years that John Carpenter is a genius. Yeah, I can go with that. So see, I, I, I love Clive Barker for yep. my sadistic, twisted, yep. tormented fucking brain. Well, I think, um, and then I, you know, if you want that like real hellish type. Uh, just gore and gut shit. Then yeah, Clive Barker, Wes Craven is great for your your big theatrical like yeah. basic scare. Like you know, you, first you've got Nightmare, and then you've got Scream, and so like redefining genres like in every fucking generation. But John Carpenter is a writer. Like that dude yep. knows how to set a scene, and like even even Michael Myers is just called the, the shape. shape. Like that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, fucking. Is so genius. I was talking to somebody about that last week. I was like, man, you got, you lived in an era right. of that, of like, you had Carpenter, you had Barker, you had Craven, you had all these guys, and why you would put them in the same genre at the time, they were completely different directors. Right. And everyone wanted to kind of go, oh, well, are they Craven and Carpenter are almost the same? And it's like, No. 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 Not by a long shot. Watch any Nightmare and then watch any of Carpenter's movies. And you can put Nightmare alongside of Halloween. They're two completely different fucking movies. Oh, yeah. yeah, they both fall under Slasher, but they're both completely different style of movies. And people like, I will stand by that Carpenter's writing will beat Craven's writing any day. People can be upset about that. But to me, there's something special about Carpenter. Yeah. Like, they live, or not they live. Yeah, they live. Yeah. The Thing, The Fog, right? Escape from L.A., Escape from New York, like, just all of these. Like, those are my personal five right there. And there's, you can keep going with Carpenter, but it's like, bro, the fact that, like, he gave you Michael Myers. Right. When's the last time you saw a Freddy movie? And, you know, I mean, and it's like, man. Well, so, like, that's whenever me and the wife watch all the jason movies like or all the friday the 13th movies and i love um, friday the 13th you know it's a great series the character's fantastic but even the first like plot line where it's like his mom and yeah. I, that's dope as fuck and then it moves along and it's like my the most prized movie which i think is number five is my most like the bottom of my list and that's fucking sacrilegious to say for a friday fan because people think that five is the best and i was like this is a fucking joke and I'll slap anyone in the face. It's like five is the best one. Three, you fucks. I, three Let's was go. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three right. was good. Like the character had already developed. He had come into his own. He got the fucking mask. mask. Yeah, and three is the one where you get the iconic costume. You get these over the top fucking deaths. Yeah. That like you got a couple of those in one and two, but you fucking got them in three. Oh yeah. And it's just man, it is three is a p- perfect slasher movie. But. I watched those and I'm like, those are those are okay, but those are straight just campy slasher. Yeah. And then you get to Nightmare, and it's it's funny. It's funny, and it, there are some cool like 
uh, aesthetics to it, and then like the Johnny Depp fucking getting sucked into the bed yep. blood scene, like that was the very best one. They built and an entire room for dude, that. It was insane, and of course it was shot upside down yep. and shit. And but like that's not even just upside down. The whole room moved. Yeah, yeah. And Johnny Depp said it was still to this day one of the scariest things he's ever been involved in because he was like, I could fucking die. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is my first fucking movie and I'm going to fucking die, dude. Dude, it was, it, it's an insane scene. But there's something about John Carpenter that just the, the pace in which all those movies are set so is incredible. I watched Halloween at a very early age Same. and I was terrified of Michael Myers. Yeah. But every time my mom would put the movie on, I'd sit there and watch it. Yeah. But I was terrified. Jason growing up, I loved just because I thought, like you said, it was over the top. It's campy. You're supposed to go, okay. And so like I sat there. My mother was deathly afraid of Freddy Krueger. Oh, yeah. And the first time I watched Nightmare on Elm Street, I sat there afterwards and I was like, how was that scary? I was like, that was really funny. And then I had like a nightmare about it. I say nightmare. It was more of a dream because it was like Freddy cracking jokes and shit. Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is great. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> and it's like shit like that. I'm like, this is great. And I told my mom, I was like, oh, I had a dream about you know Freddy Krueger last night. She was like, see, I told you, it, it's just going to eat at you. And I went, no, like, it was fucking hilarious. He was just cracking one-liners. What are you talking right. about? And so, but and like, like, when he's the very first, you know, scene, when you first see him, yeah. and he's got these, like, comically large arms, arms and running. I'm like, that's so goofy, dude. But it's, it's like, it's Michael, kind of more like Puppet Master. Yeah. And Michael was the one at an early age that scared me. Yeah. And I think that's what brought me back into it when I was a teenager of like rewatching the first two movies and being like, oh, fuck. And then that's when zombies movies were coming out. And then watch, I watched an interview of him being like, Carpenter is unreal. You guys just don't understand. Like, he goes, as a director, a musician, everything. He's great. And I was like, huh. I should, I should go check some more stuff out. And I had just watched the remake of The Fog. And so I was like, maybe I should watch the original. So I watched the OG, and I was like, damn, like this is this is really good. I was like, the remake relied on you seeing these things to scare you. Like, the OG relied on fucking just you hearing about it, and you seeing Fog. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it was terrifying in a way. And then that was the thing. is like, I always heard about the thing, but I never watched it. And then when I did, I was like, Fuck, I hate myself for not watching this movie. I wish I had watched it sooner. Yeah. Um, Larry, who uh, we may we may try hitting up later, that is his favorite horror film. And I see how it can be many's because even going on the IMDb and reading other reviews and everything, man, it people absolutely love this fucking film. And for good measure, too. Like, it's a yeah, great it, movie. So what do you have down here first? Because I've got a couple things right off the gate. I want to start with the fact that it starts with a spaceship opener. Yeah. Just like Predator. Yeah. This thing has been dropped off. Is it on a mission? Was it disposed garbage? We don't know. It was just fucking planted here, just dropped off on our planet. Because well, it, cra- it basically crash lands. Yeah. yeah. And so, because it doesn't tell you, like, hundreds of years later. Yeah. It's like, it just expects you to think that. Yeah. But um, my fun fact at the beginning of this movie, just so everyone's aware... Do you know what he's saying to them when he's talking to them? The Norwegian? Yeah. We'll get into that because I didn't okay. have it written down. Too. I have it written down because so, it's my favorite fun fact about this movie. So the whole movie takes place in Antarctica. Yep. Right? So this research team that's up there. Basically just fucking research and development yeah. in extreme climates. Yeah, because it doesn't really explain their exact reason of being there. Just most countries have an outpost there. And yeah. so it's... 
that's your only other communication most of the time is in Antarctica is hoping that you speak the same language as these other outposts so you can have a conversation with somebody. But uh, it does start with the good boy. It does. It does start with a good boy. Yeah. Running across the king. Guess what, boys? He ain't a good boy. He ain't that good of a boy. <laughs> uh, and so we won't spoil Like I, I want to wait to get to the end and mention that little tidbit that you said. Yeah. I did have the same thing. And anybody who's a big fan You already, already know what this. it is. But, uh, yeah, so it takes place in 1982 in a science institute with the lead being R.J. McCready. Yes, sir. Man, I will swear up and down that McCready is still one of the best characters in a movie. Oh, shit, y'all. Here's fucking Kurt Russell. Here we go. There was a lot of other people up for the role. Nick Nolte, Kevin Bacon. There's a lot of people yeah. up for the role. I didn't know about Kevin Bacon. It, I knew Nick, about Nick Nolte. Anything, yeah, Nick Nolte would have been good. He would have. But it, it could have been any different kind of movie. You know, we think about, like, when you find those iconic roles, you're like, if it were anybody else, it wouldn't work. It would not have worked. Yep. The Norwegians are trying to kill the good boy, who is not really much of a good boy. And, uh, you know, the Americans, it catches their attention, of course, because they hear the gunfire, they hear the chopper, why are they flying so they're low? Throwing, they're throwing dynamite yeah, at this everything dog. everything at this dog. And, of course, it gets a little too close for comfort for the Americans. Guess fucking who is the well, first the, the one Norwegians to shoot. Norwegians come down, they go to throw the dynamite at the dog, yep. and right next to all of the Americans, too, and they, they pull the, the dynamite out, they chuck it, and then it doesn't go off. And then so, point blank, they shoot the Norwegians. Yeah, just like, shoot them. Because they're just yelling, and they, they, like, you would think being, like, being stationed so close to a, a Norwegian outpost, it was like 75 miles. I you would ran. have someone there that speaks Norwegian. And so, yeah, because they said it takes about an hour, and, on you know, on snowmobiles or whatever, yeah. and to get to the other outpost, like an hour and a half or something. So this dog runs 75 miles on its fucking own. Yep. And gets to this, you would think if it were that close. That you would have somebody designated to speak Norwegian on, like, on the premises. Well, even then... I I just... I think so. Even then, like you just said, this dog had to run 75 miles from the other outpost. Which is insane. If you've seen the 2011 movie, you know this scene because that dog is leaving, and now you're seeing that dog again for the first time if you're watching a man in chronological order. I was thinking about it. I thought I had seen the newer one. Yeah. And maybe I have, and not an ounce of it stuck with me. It's so good. But otherwise... I don't remember it, and I would like to watch it again. It's good movie. either I, or for the first time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to go check it out. It's one of those that like seventy-five miles. Think about that. This motherfucker missed that many shots for seventy-five <laughs> miles. Like they couldn't, couldn't hit this dog with the side of a fucking barn. They're like so- stormtroopers, man. They oh, just, dude, the worst shot possible. It's like this. And at one point, my favorite thing is the dog like hurting to get through the snow right. of like oh sweet jesus i'm tired of running and like the guy just yeah every shot it just really every shot misses and you're like bro like were you the only guy left that had a gun like <laughs> well, probably like what the fuck yeah probably yeah. yeah a a fun fact about the beginning of this movie of course not long after this whole scene happens of course they take the dog in well we need to go check out the outpost see what happened what's wrong why are they over here get over there Realize the whole place is burnt down. Fun fact, the Norwegian base is the exact same base as the American base, and they filmed that last, After even though it's the beginning of the movie, because they burnt down the American base Hell and yeah, used dude. it as the Norwegian base. Yeah, that's smart resourcing right yeah. there. That's Carpenter being like, fuck <laughs> spending more money, I'll save money and burn down my own set at the end. Right, because they are identical. You know? Yeah. Uh, but before we get into the intro, man, let's not miss our... Snack segment! Okay, what do you want? Cheerios. Cheerios. They don't got Cheerios. What else? Lasagna. 
Lasagna, what the hell's the matter with you? We'll take uh, hotcakes and sausage. Yeah, what'd you have, buddy? Um, so, I had some, uh, wonderful popcorn. I wanted some popcorn this time around. Um, talked all that shit about popcorn the first episode, and I had to have some this time. I, was I like, wanted popcorn. Mm. I didn't have any. I had that. I had some peanut M&Ms in uh, a box, because I felt it had to be in the box for a movie. Authentic feel. And, yeah. And then, uh, I had a orange cream Jones soda. Very nice, yeah. dude. All theater, right at the home, dude. Yes, that's, sir. That's legit. Um, that's what I love about being at home. I can have what I want. And I had a, I think I had a couple of beers that were in the fridge. God only knows what they were because it was my buddy's house. So. It, anything, any beer at home versus the theater is better oh, yeah. than fucking any. It was because free like at that point. Ten dollars at the theater, you know. So you want a beer, but you don't want to pay that, but you want to yeah. get more. So you pay those prices. So what did uh what did you uh have with it? Man, I, have you had the uh the smart pop caramel cheddar blend in the blue bag? I have bag? not. Okay. I it's, but I almost grabbed a bag of smart pop dude, for it's this. It's addicting. So you got to get the caramel cheddar, cheddar and it's fucking incredible every year we make it a point to buy those novelty tins for christmas yeah. and we always have the popcorn tin right so we have like yeah. a million of them and um i love the caramel and cheddar oh yeah and this bag like you can't eat just half the bag or but like it's just gone it, the whole movie. fucking thing and it's a no, it's like a size of so, cheetos yeah you oh, will yeah. smash the whole thing so we did that i and see then, for smart pop i eat the flaming hot on the reg yeah, I haven't Love had the Flamin' Hot. Flamin' Hot white cheddar, bro. I'll have to try that Great. in the next movie. But uh, I had a strawberry mango rum Sprite. Ooh. So we stopped and got a strawberry mango Sprite from Sonic. Put some, or mango uh, rum in it, dude. It's pretty good. Hell and yeah. And then uh, finished it off with a Nutty Buddy at the okay. end. <laughs> Let me guess, you fucking animal. You fucking broke it apart like a goddamn Absolutely, maniac. I did. That means eight slices of Nutty <laughs> Buddy. Great taste, okay? Peanut butter bitch. and chocolate with the wafer. You get eight slices of them, buddy, this when you pull them apart. Break it okay? apart, Nutty Buddy. It's like, do me. you eat a, cream, or a string cheese, just take the fucking top off, or do you peel it apart? No, because that's more cheese, <laughs> all right? When you just last longer. <laughs> All right, it's just smart. yeah. But when I think about a string cheese, it's exactly what I think is peeling it apart. When I think about a nutty buddy, I'll go hold on. Let me take the first layer off and eat this real quick. You don't peel the skin off a of Slim Jim. <laughs> no. Come on, man. <laughs> You're peeling. Who the fuck peels the skin off of Slim Jim? <laughs> okay, so it's just me then. That's fine. But that's what I had, buddy. And okay. You know what? I had dinner beforehand, but we made sure to finish dinner before we started the movie. Yeah. Because I literally went, don't start the movie. Because if we start the movie and we've already and we're still eating, I have to add this into what I hate to right. watch the movie. I have to put it on the list. And so I was like, I don't want to add that in. Let's finish dinner. So we sat there watching TV while we finished yeah, dinner. You have like, to. Cool you got to say yeah. what you were eating. And I thought about the same thing. I was like, after that, I was like, I'm going to. Because uh, my chair was elevated. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And so I was like, well, I need to go get something else. And I was like, no, because I got to write it down. I, and I don't want to do that. I swear to you, I had something else that wasn't. Just those, yeah. But I can't remember what it was. You better fucking remember. I'm trying to fucking remember, okay? <laughs> but, uh, but that is the snackage. That's a snack of the week. Um, we hope that while you watch the thing, if you watch the thing to uh, be able to watch along with us, that you had some great snacks. Um, we don't have a sponsor here. That's a snack sponsor. If we did, I would go ahead and plug it. Right here is the perfect place for it. So guess what? You know what? You you. There's a perfect plug, dude. Um, 
BVNC Podcast Studios has snacks. There are snacks right over here in the corner. <laughs> we got full size candy bars. We got chips, Takis, Lays, dude. We got crackers. We got granola everywhere. bars. Do you know what? That's so hilarious. We got beer on draft from Bubba Brews. All right, two different types. Dude. We've got. I didn't coffee. notice the three musketeers over here. Yeah. And then I saw it when I turned around. and I was like, "Fuck! If I eat that three musketeers right now, everyone's gonna hear it." <laughs> We have to wait till break. I know. And then you can have it. And then I'm hoping that it just doesn't destroy my mouth because I don't do a lot of sugar anymore. So. Oh. You, gotta, you gotta pull up your fucking bootstraps when you come <laughs> back fucking, it does. It's like I gotta be a man to fucking need a three musketeer. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because it's like the most airy, fluffy, fucking softest thing. <laughs> so, so back to the thing we leave off with telling you that they use the same set for the Norwegians. So we're over at the Norwegian base. Um... Going in, looking around everything, they're finding the bodies, they're finding all the research, they're finding everything known to man, and really just freaked out of like, why the fuck did this happen? Who did this out of them? Why did they do this? And, you know, if you've already watched the movie before, well, why you they, get it. Why were they chasing that dog? Yeah, it's like, it's one of those things that you sit there and you're like, well shit like okay maybe these guys went stir crazy and then that's when you find out mm, they they've only been here for a few weeks they haven't even been here long enough to get the craziness going of just being only with those people for so long right they, they so, weren't getting cabin fever yeah no cabin fever yet and so you're you're risking in with kurt russell just being like well, what the fuck's going on and if and for those of you that are watching this to maybe be like well, I didn't watch the movie, but I still want to listen to the show. Kurt Russell's character is not the scientist. He is the guy that's there to, if anything goes wrong, he can handle it. And so him just trying to have this entire inner monologue with himself of just, what the absolute fuck happened here? Why also having, I believe, well, he's, the, he's did like, he take the doc with him? He's like him? ex-military, right? With him? Yeah. yeah, he took Blair with him. And he's like ex-military, like childs. I think they were, they yeah. served together or something. And then uh, they do the one thing in life that I don't think I would do. All these bodies are burned and in a pile. We should take them back to our camp. Right. And like my first instinct would go, these motherfuckers killed each other because these guys are on a pile. We should fucking leave. Well, and just call the Norwegian it's, authorities. It's not like what they brought back was a fucking burnt body. They brought back this monstrosity. <laughs> yeah. And I'm well, like, no, they brought back all of them. I would have left that the fuck like, there. But the thing is, like, they brought back all of these bodies, but they took the one inside right. that is, like, all deformed Mangled, and messed up. And you're like, greasy. Okay, that would have been the one I left on the pile. I would have been like, no, we're not going to talk I about I would have left that one there, dude. I yeah. wouldn't have even brought it. I would I wouldn't have brought any of them, let alone no. the I mean, one. Why, why would you? You'd be like, this is out of my fucking jurisdiction. Yeah. This doesn't matter. Out of my jurisdiction. It's not my country's responsibility to fix right. this shit. We got a free dope dog out of it. We gotta fucking figure out what the hell's going on in our place now. So then we cut back to you know, we're back at the parlor. All the J and B liquor is just being distributed. <laughs> uh, everybody label the facing the screen yeah. at all times. Like, I don't know how much J and B paid uh, the studio to be the only liquor in this movie, but they fucking did a lot. Yeah. Um, but so we you know, we start to get to the point, and it gets to the point pretty fucking quick when they well, get back. Well, dude, I, w- I did want to say that like the first, I noticed the first twenty minutes of that movie. During like them, you know, going over there, there's very little dialogue in yeah. the first twenty minutes of that movie. Like it's mostly 
them looking around or yeah. showing set pieces or something, but there's not a lot of like actual conversations. Someone may say a thing or two, and then but it, it just kind of goes off. Yeah, and well, that's what it sets the scene in like all that ominence where you're like, ah, this is there's nobody talking, and you don't know what's gonna happen, mm-hmm. and you're just as confused as they are. And it really like the first time watch, it really sets the scene for it. But you're also just like nobody's talking in this movie at all for like a minute and it's kind of uncomfortable for a minute and it and it's one of those things too of like i feel like with a good horror movie there's moments of silence that you always need right and uh i think that's one of them here is um but then you get back to the american base and you know they yell at the dog get that fucking dog out of here go put him with the others right and then, you know, the cage closes, and it's not even 10, 15 seconds <laughs> into the movie, and every all hell breaks loose. They start to see what this dog actually is. He is not a good boy. He is very much so a creature from another world. Right. Some would say the thing from another world um so you know and that's funny because that's one of the that's one of the little like trivia things about that movie is everybody calls it um a sequel from from that one from a 1951 like the thing from another planet or another world um and it's actually not yeah it's actually i said in the first episode that i thought it was a prequel it's more of a play off of the 1930s novel called uh who goes there yeah and it was that the author had a mother who she didn't uh she was really sweet but she had an identical twin that he couldn't really be in at a young age tell them apart so the only way he knew when it was his aunt versus his mom is that aunt was very like cold towards him and very rude and and like unbecoming so she didn't really like him a lot so she was always like very stern and cold to him and he knew that that's how to tell him apart so he was like what if you know like an alien came down and you know you couldn't tell the perfect copy from you know you can't tell the difference between them and he was like so that came up with uh you know who goes there and it was this you know amalgamous monster that just like this alien thing and that kind of turns into like john carpenter's rendition of the necromorph type thing so that was really a really cool thing is because most people you know misconstrue that and no one's gonna you know bash you down if you're like well it is or i'm not going to at least well and that's what we tell you here on the show so you can take this knowledge and turn it to somebody else if you want to be that person. Yeah, you know? and that's like I said, I even said in the first episode, I thought the 82 was a prequel to, you know, the 50, and then I thought, and then 2011 was a prequel to 82. Right. The only part of that is right, is 2011 is a prequel to 82. So, uh, I can admit when I'm wrong like that, I thought that that was the case, and I had a bunch of friends immediately go, no, like what? And I was like, oh shit, that's just what people had told me, so I just believed it all these years later. Right. Um, but no, and so it's one of those things. So my favorite. One of my favorite fucking things about this is they like everything's happening now. The dog is eating other dogs. It is transforming into this monstrosity of a thing. Yeah. And you're doing all of this, and the first motherfucker they blame is the kennel guy. <laughs> like you did this, and it's like, whoa, what, what, motherfucker? What? No, I just I did what you told me to do. You told me to put him in. And there. then they're like, how long were you around that dog? They think they've killed this thing, and but you see part of it go through the ceiling. So you know it's not 
Yeah. Dead. It's still somewhere. Well, the, the dogs are people freaking are the fuck out to get yeah. out. The dogs are like tearing at the cage. Yep. They're terrified, dude. And back in the day, these are real dogs. Like, they're not CG yeah. and anything back in the day. So they had to train these dogs, which these dogs are already trained. So let's get right. 100% real here. They're trained to touch, take down fences, take down anything. But, like, it blew my mind of watching the one dog trying to get out. Yeah. Because he's like, fuck this shit, yeah. bro. Fuck these guys. I'm out of here. I felt <laughs> like, for him, dude. There was a lot of yeah. acting going on in that dog. And he was like, trying to pull that fucking cage off. And know? so it was one of those. And then watching the kennel guy, like, he didn't really... Like, he's a good actor. Yeah. But there, there were a few times where I felt like he cared, and there were a few times where I felt like he was not selling well enough of, oh, shit, I'm supposed to be sad about these dogs. But right. Then, like, my favorite thing is, once again, McGreedy, being the guy that he is, just get the fucking flamethrower now. I have that on here is like, in quotations. Mac wants the flamethrower. Why the fuck do they have a flamethrower? Yeah, the first like, that's place. what. Well, I, a I napalm understand. fucking flamethrower. Well, and I'm assuming because they're in Antarctica, if they need to get through the ice, they're okay. they're going to use the flamethrower to get the like specimens and the ice and stuff like that. But I just like that. My first thing is not get more guns, get more ammo, get the fucking flamethrower yeah, right now, right away. Kill it with and fire, so, dude. And then when he rounds the corner and he hesitates, he's like, "What the fuck?" Like, I wouldn't have hesitated that long. I'd have just been like, fuck it, doing my job. Flamethrower, everything. Well, do you think that, like, McCready thought right away to get the flamethrower because he was like, yo, we just came back from another fucked up situation yeah. where this ugly ass thing was burnt with flame or burnt with no, fire. So I really, I really thinker, do think man. is that he, I do think it was the fact that he saw the bodies burnt. Yeah. And they had the messed up, deformed body, and he was like, "Nope, that's what it this was is, smoking, dude. That's yeah, what this think is. On your is feet. We need to, we gotta get this thing going." Um, so right after it, we get the whole, you know, this is this is an alien, this is a being, right? And my favorite thing is Childs, man. Do you believe in this voodoo ass bullshit? <laughs> and I have I have that written down, but I also have written under it. You just fucking witnessed it. Right. What do you mean do you believe in this voodoo bullshit? Right. You watched it happen. One of the one of the best, like, they said the thing lines. Uh, they did give it a little Easter egg nod to the movie, though, because Kurt straight said, uh, maybe it came from outer space. You yeah. know? And so they acknowledged, like, right away, we, we don't know what this is. Could be an alien. Yeah. And that's that's my thing is, like, it could be from space. It could be this. It's It's kind of got, like... Semi poor, overacted dialogue. Um, aside from Kurt Russell, he always had the best yeah. lines and like the best delivered. So I'm like, you know, was he really the top tier they paid for? Or was that a no. contract clause where they were like, all right, no one's allowed to deliver better dialogue than me, or I fucking walk. <laughs> no, because at the time, like, I would assume Walford Brimley was the top build actor in the movie. Yeah, like hands down. And then um, Keith David. For those of you that don't know, uh, first off, go play fucking Halo. Um, you know, because like that's like the voice of my childhood. Yeah, like he's done voice acting for so long, and it's like you hear Keith David live action, and I don't believe it because I'm like, that's not what. But uh, but yeah, and so uh, I w- I would feel that Walford Brimley was the top paid actor, just because of the time. Yeah, and then Russell, but Kurt Russell was up and coming. Yeah, but yeah. I, we're getting along to where now they're like, oh shit, what is going on? Well, I think at that moment they realized, with coupling that with what they found and what they had just seen, yeah, uh, I think they discovered the reason that the Norwegians were yeah. trying to kill the infected dog. They're yep. like, we fucked up by yep. bringing it in here, and then them, you know, being like, shit, that was the thing that was in the ice. 
Yep. Like, oh, shit. And realizing it and knowing that they fucked up, yeah. it's now of, well, how Thanks, fast Norway. is this thing to infect you us? Fucking, you dug up the yeah. thing. Yeah, which doing research, I get it. But if you find a spaceship with an alien thing, maybe... Leave it where Leave it, lies it the fuck alone. Because we don't know what it's capable <laughs> yeah. of. I mean, the Maybe computer- call in a lot of other people before you go into this right. ship. Even the computer simply says uh, that the probability probability of human annihilation is gives it the time frame, you know? Yeah. And, like, 27,000 hours. This is a very simple computer, okay? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it could have told you leave it alone. Yeah. If it could figure that out, what, you know, what's capable of, then surely it knew to leave the fuck yeah, alone. The computer don't, was don't like, dig don't up don't aliens out of ice. Well, there's a plethora of movies where you don't just dig things out of ice. Oh, yeah. And at that point, there was that many <laughs> movies, too. It was like, hey, man, don't fuck with shit like that. Yeah. And so it's, you know... Um, you know, and so that's when we get the, of course, the account of twenty-seven thousand hours until complete takeover if it reaches civilization. Yeah, and that's when we see Doc lose his fucking mind. Right. Um. He's and flipping rightfully out. so. Yeah. They um, come in, they find him like flipping through shit. You know, because beating stuff up. That's when we now get the really the first essence of they can take us over. Yeah. And so that's when it comes to this question, uh, and which we'll get back to this question in a little bit, is um, if you were a perfect copy, would you know? And that's when it starts to fuck with the team of like, well, he was around the fucking dog. Well, he was around me, and that guy was around me. So how do we know it's not him? And it's like, well, how do we know it's not you? And well, like, that's the all biggest, the finger pointing. I think starts. that's the biggest, like, because it'll un- show you how quick people turn on each and, other. And yeah, that's the most uncomfortable setting in the whole movie is the yep. fact that like not what this thing is or capable of, but the fact that you never know at any. It's it's kind of like what the whole fucking outbreak uh, game thrill right now yeah. is for uh, Among Us is there's somebody with you that you can't trust and you don't know who is who and how would you tell if you were a perfect cop? Yeah. You know, what's the Cody Wilson fucking notes that you would check off the list to make sure that there's a perfect you know, is it really me? And does it know everything about you? Or does that's it only know thing. your appearance? And that's, that's what I kept thinking the whole movie is I was like does it have all your thoughts? Does yeah. it know everything? Because if not, ask yourself something only well, you would know. Here's the funny thing, too. Apparently, it can mimic even clothing. You know? Like, yeah. that was what was funny is whenever they break out of this shit, like, it rips all the clothes off or, you know, uh, they even said it like, oh, well, I found this dude's clothes. Yeah. And they were all torn up, but then he's, like, one. he's not one of them, you know? So yeah. what did that have to do with anything? Uh, and that's, that's, I think that is the creature itself being smart of, like, we'll rip this guy's clothes because they'll think it's one of us. Yeah. And, you know, it, we haven't got to him yet, but we can make him think it is and we'll kill him. And well, and that's what leads me to wonder: like, is it even a conscious, like, car, conscious being that like can think like that, or is it just like, like I imitate this thing, like a ditto, you know? Well, and it, it could have been. It could have been that like a its primal. entire reasoning of coming to Earth was to kill all of life. Well, it came here on a spaceship, so yeah. obviously it has and some so intelligence. It landed in the wrong space and yeah. fucked up and got stuck there for what hundreds of years. What if that spaceship that delivered it to the, pl- or that like, you know, landed on Earth or crashed into Earth, whatever, yeah. what if that wasn't from that spaceship, but the aliens on that spaceship had recovered it from another planet and they were <laughs> taking it back it to off. do research? Yeah. And fuck that. We're gonna take <laughs> this motherfucker to this planet, leave it here. Yeah, exactly. But, they just dropped it off. 
But yeah, that's that. That's the age-old question of this entire movie: is Are you you? Right. And we do that, but um, yeah, it's it's a scary fucking thing to think about. Of is this really happening right now? Yeah. Like, am I? Doc this says, thing? "Is this this thing?" The doc even says, "He says that thing wanted to be us." Yep. You know, so, and then you get the, the whole beautiful moment in Doc's office of like Doc's going crazy, and then you walk in, he's like, "Fuck you!" and he's like yeah. trying to stab everybody because like he's lost it. Oh yeah, and he's just like, "Let's go!" And then of course, you know, he's not Doc, right? And so you realize like that's later on when you find this out, which gives me one of my favorite visual gags in the entire movie of when they're like, "Well, let's go check on Doc and see if he's okay," and they go outside and they knock on the door. And they pull the thing back, and they're like, Doc, you doing okay? And in your visual view, you see a noose and Doc. <laughs> and then when it cuts to Doc's view, he's like, I'm fine, man. I can come back in at any time. Trust me. I'm 100% okay. And then it cuts back to the way they see him, and there's just a noose hanging Right. It's him. right like, in the frame. I'm fine, guys. Like, I can come back. And you're just like, holy shit, man. Like, yeah. if this is Doc, he was ready to kill himself. But in case it's not Doc, it's a thing. And it's like, that makes it even scarier of like, did it put the noose up going, they'll think that it was the guy trying to kill himself and now he's feeling okay. He's a little in back inside and that can infect more people. Or was it the thing the whole time just being like, well, if I die in this body, I'll just start a new one. Who fucking cares? Right. Like, it was like, oh shit. Like, what the fuck it's is got going a, on? Yeah, plethora to choose from. So but. then we move to the uh, the crew decides to do the blood test that's going to tell them who's human and who's uh, necromorphic. Yeah. Know? And which we've, we've skipped a lot here, but guess what? That's why you're supposed to be semi-social with us and go watch the movie. So make sure you're checking out our social media pages all throughout the week to uh, know what we're watching. That way you can keep up and know exactly where we are and what we're talking about. Because if we skip around jokes on you because you should have already seen the movie yeah, you'll hit those beats even if you haven't watched it you know you'll go through yeah. and be like okay this is you know and this so part this part. going to the blood this is one of my favorite things because i have another thing written down for it of uh you know we're gonna take everybody's blood everyone's gonna be tied to this couch and we're going to figure out who is who so palmer's blood boils through and turns crazy and then of course it goes into defense mode because now they know Palmer is one of them and so you turn around you start seeing him you know turn and start turning into a creature again and just having this moment and then of course all the people that were skeptical about the blood test are now like oh fuck kill it dude kill it let me out this let me out let me out and they're all like ch- tied to yeah, the tied same to fucking couch and they're like hopping yeah. to get off this and couch and they finally kill it and then afterwards, they do the blood test. And my favorite thing about the blood test scene is when he does the first guy, uh-huh. and he's clear, and you see him go, yeah. And then the next scene, it cut does an immediate cut, and he's holding the flamethrower <laughs> at him, just like <laughs> fuck you guys, I'm clear now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you're just like, oh shit, that's great. And um, so you do all of that, and then it gets to the last guy, and when they find out that he's clear. Just the quote of, this is wonderful and all, 
but can I not spend the rest of my fucking life talking to this couch? Right, exactly. <laughs> right away. It's like they've had like this whole moment, and now they're all on the same page together of, all right, we might hate each other an hour ago, but now we know that none of us are that. So, right. It, and then that's sigh they, relief. You're like, I don't give a fuck what our differences yeah. are at the best. And then at this moment is when they decide, well, maybe we should go check on Doc again. And they go check on Blair again. He's not there. He is. That's when they find out, uh-oh, there's an entire hole under this thing. And my that's my favorite part about this is this thing has already made its own spaceship. Right. So fucking quick. Yeah. Like, this has all been Moving taking in place. The background. In like, which, granted, I think they said it had been a couple days, right? Yeah. Like, for a week before they all started going, like, super crazy. So, like, there's a time jump at some point in the movie. But even then, this thing that's been dormant for years built its own tiny-ass spaceship out of these parts that we had. And I, the only thing I could think of is, you fucking telling me we could have built a spaceship this whole goddamn time out of fucking parts we already Everything had? Everything we already had. Yeah, so, no off-worldly things. It did it. Yeah, and so it's like, oh, hilarious. And so they find it, realize that, uh-oh, Blair is one of them. We gotta find it. Everything starts to get a little more weird for the people that are left alive at this point. Because they go back in, and Childs is gone. And then Blair, oh, I went after Childs. Yeah. And But we'll get to that in a second. Of These other guys are like, we gotta fucking put an end to this. And then power goes out. And you're like, oh shit. Okay. And it's like, we gotta get out of here now. So they just start blowing the fuck up out of this place. Oh, and yeah. Just destroying it. Go to set the mine. And this is where I think, um, this is one of my favorite moments though, is when they're in the mine. That's the old lab. And, like, they're setting the charges. Yeah. And he's like, you go down there, you go down there. And then McCready realizes it's too quiet. And he's like, oh, shit. And then the first thing that happens is the thing charges him. All this stuff starts happening. He's the last one alive. He's trying to get out. Everything finally, you know, blows up. Everything's fine. That's where we're going to stop for a second. Because now you have the thing of, is it dead? I blew up everything. Right. Is it gone? Well, now inner Childs. But greedy. Childs. And, like, they just have that stare-down moment of, like, staring at each other with weapons. And that's when it gets to a lot of, like, theories of it. But, uh, to cut back for a second to the blood scene yeah with the scalpel I was telling you about it and you were like oh shit it was like yeah I didn't know the, that before there's the scene with like the scalpel and the flamethrower and of course like you know they're getting ready to cut everybody's hands to get the blood doing everything if you look at the scalpel when they're doing everything and the and it's around the flamethrower and like they do everything that they do with because like one of I think because Palmer like attacks one of the flamethrowers with one too and it like breaks it down yeah but it has the blood on it and the blood is freaking out and so it's, mixing around yeah and, and yeah. so you're like oh fuck and it's like that's not something that was like on accident right they did that on purpose to be like oh if you were paying attention you would know the last blood on there was this and right. it's like oh shit 
And so, like, it's just dope. That well, was we just can, one of that even goes into like talk, we can bring up that subject now is uh, the thing we wanted to say at the beginning about if you were paying attention. Yeah, is that you know if you if anybody seeing the movie speaks Norwegian, Norwegian you would have known the yeah, entire plot the of the movie. very beginning of the movie when the Norwegians come out and they're like get off the helicopter and they're telling the Americans they're screaming at it but what they're saying is, is that's not a dog that's not a dog it's an it, alien right you need it to killed, run yeah it killed our whole crew yeah. everything and they tell you exactly what you need to say but the Americans are like we don't know what you're saying yeah. so when they get aggressive and go to get the dog they just fucking shoot the well, dude in the head which is another little goof is that when the when he goes to fall down after getting shot in the head you see see he's got goggles on but then as he falls into the snow there's no goggles, goggles. like the dude's just like just maskless <laughs> everything but uh yeah that was that was one of the things is that like it would have given the movie away right away yeah but uh if you were paying well, and attention that's, and that's what things like that phoebe even asked the question while watching the movie with us of uh, she goes why didn't it translate any of that and me and me and my buddy Tom were like, just wait. Yeah. And so the movie ends, and we went, okay. So you want to know why it didn't translate it? Their exact words were like, you know, that thing is not a dog. It's it's not from this world. It killed all of us. It yeah. killed our entire place. Run. Do not hurt it. It needs to die now. Kill it. And she was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense of why not to put it there. And I was like, yeah. no, yeah, exactly. But um. But that catches us back to we're now going to talk about one of the before we go back to Childs and McGreedy. You go to one of the best practical effects I think of all time of the stomach. Yeah. Of like, all right, let's go, and they go to do to the fibrillator. The mouth opens of the stomach, pops the hands, rips the hands off. Everything starts to go crazy. To this day. I think that other than the werewolf transformation and an American werewolf in London, this to me is one of the best practical effects setups ever. Well, did you know that they used an actual w double amputee for that part? Really? Really? Like after that, you know, whenever they pull the arms out, yeah. they all cut off. Like they used an actual double amputee, like stunt double, and came in and they, you know, messed the arms all up and everything. Hell and yeah! So yeah, even more to the practicality of the effect itself is like just Shit. to go with authenticity, man. It was great. Man. And it's you don't get that in movies nowadays no, too no. often. Like horror would be the place you do get it, and I don't feel like it happens as much anymore, no. man. Practical effects, like you look at what Tom Savani had to do back in the day on like Dawn of the Dead and all these other movies. You're like, oh shit! Like people had to do that nowadays. They'd be like, oh fuck this job. Yeah. It's like I don't want to, have to fucking fill a condom full of corn syrup and fucking <laughs> pop it at the right moment, like fuck that but it's like man they made an entire practical effect mouth out of a stomach yep. that ripped arms off and then blood spray everywhere fuck it was magical and to this day it haunts you every time you watch it because you're like oh my god but then at the same time you're like that was fucking dope yeah and that and that's why we wanted to wait to talk about that at the end because like you put that in the middle and you stop to talk about it like we already have ADHD so we would have talked about it for an hour <laughs> well that's when they that's whenever they burn it and yeah. his fucking head falls off and turns into the head spider, spider dude and you know I also read that the head of the effects department was 22 years old really really that's insane to me 
yeah it, of like someone because that like young i said the, the effects like you pull off even the the head it it melts it rips yeah. it falls to the floor it turned into the famous head spider rob botten was already an established name in the world of special effects when he was hired to work on the thing which is remarkable when you consider that he was just 22 at the time so this dude had Damn. already made a name for himself and then he you know, just to top this up, they're like, hey, we want you to come do this. Uh, he was first hired by special effects legend Rick Baker at the age of 14. Botten's early credits include films like King Kong, Piranha, and The Howling, and even worked on some Star Wars effects. Hell so, yeah, yeah this, this guy was unbelievable. And that's what I said even to this day, man. From 1982, that movie, it effects wise, it holds up incredibly. And that was really just something and to make you feel like shit for all the things you haven't accomplished in your yeah. life. And so, yeah. Yeah, 22. Fuck. So you get that with the head spider and everything like that. And then now we go back to the end of the movie. McGreedy and Childs staring each other down in the cold. Yeah. Know that they're probably at this point in the story not going to make it before help gets there. So it's the final showdown of well, one of us is Nuss. And just him. Well, we know... Why don't we just sit here? We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out, buddy. And then him like, "Uh uh-huh. And they just sit there. And this is where the fan theories all come in. Who Uh, do you think it was, bud? I. Who do you think it was? I think McGreedy was human. You think so? And I think Childs was the thing. I feel, I thought the same thing, but I feel like that's way too obvious. I feel like that's what they want you to think. But when would McCready have... We followed McCready almost the whole time, but yep. not necessarily. And what if the thing... If it was that intelligent, what if it was like, hey, I'm not going to be able to take all of these people out and they're going to stop me. So to to, to like better my position, it doesn't have to have a fucking moral agenda. It doesn't have to care about, you know, like... Uh, whether it's caught in the beginning or the end, like or you know, like what it, what it's trying to accomplish, it has a mission, yeah. and so it's like, what if I just take out everybody else first, mm-hmm. and then I'm the only one that's left, then I can move on, and yep. so, but with with like such structure, so at the end, man, what if McCready was it, or yeah. or was it neither of them? Were yeah. they both like we'll wait it out, but then there was a happy ending. And so that so I'll get to some fan theories here in a second. Now, if you go off of John Carpenter's licenses. The Thing video game on PlayStation 2 takes place immediately after The Thing Does 1. It? And McGrady is the survivor. He is the one that the rescue team finds. And he is human. And Childs wasn't. And The Thing gets away and disguises himself as another person again to get away. Well, you know, here's something that I wrote down Here's another thing I wrote down that I didn't think about till just like I didn't get to till just now. The whole place blows up, right? Yeah. The whole fucking place. But McCready made it out fine. Well, and that's what if he that's what we said too. And the thing was yep. like, oh, he's dead. There's not going to be two of him, so he shifts mm-hmm. into McCready to. So in the event, I think I'm it's, dude, jumping it's, fence. I think it's it, McCready, dude. It's one of those things of also. Remember, they were making a lot of bombs. Right, exactly. So they were making a lot of Molotov cocktails, probably. Oh, yeah. What if the whiskey wasn't whiskey? And what if it was kerosene? And Childs drinks the kerosene, and that's why McGrady smiles. Damn. Because the thing had already eaten stuff that it knew it wasn't wasn't supposed to, and it didn't freak out to. Yeah. So it's like, 
it wouldn't have known. But the thing is, then you ask yourself the question, if you're a perfect copy, do you know? Because if it was a perfect copy of Child's, would it not have gagged or spit out the kerosene? Hmm. I don't know, man. And so it's one of those things of like, but then as well, that's really good. People talk about the breath. Yeah. McGreedy, every time he talks while they're having the conversation, his breath comes out. Childs doesn't. I have a buddy that goes, well, it's because he was closer to the fire. There's not going to be breath. But when he first walks up, he's not as close to the fire as McGreedy is. Yeah. So why is there no breath coming out of his mouth? But then yet again, if you're a perfect copy of something, you would know that something needs to come out when I'm talking. I need to figure out how to do that as an alien. Yeah. And so it's this dude. And like you said, that's good. Could he survive that explosion? Because that was the first thing we all said is fuck off. Like my, uh, like my initial reaction, like, cause I've already seen the movie was okay. But then my buddy just going every time I fucking watch this movie, I can't believe he survives that explosion. And that's when I went, you're right. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Man, it's yeah. it was kind of a it was kind of a, a weak ending. That was the best part was that literal like last interaction. But as far as like the big boss fight, like I'm, I understand every every hurdle in the whole movie about everything they have to kill is like pretty extreme. Yeah. But that and that dog comes back for revenge. Man, it's bigger. It's the ultimate thing. Yep. And he's just like, well, fuck you too. And then blasts yep. it and you know blows everything up. And I was like. That was kind of anticlimactic. Like that was real quick. That 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 creature design cost them a lot of money to make, yeah. and it was on the screen for seconds. Yeah, just seconds, dude. And then and, and then he blows it up, and I was like, oh yeah, this is the end. I forgot. This, yeah, this is where it ends. And so it was kind of a lackluster end. Yeah, it too, kind of man. It, and I feel, and this is weird because I've already stated that I love Carpenter. He's one of my favorite directors. I feel like a lot of his movies do that. Yeah, they're slow they burners. End. They are slow they burners. Like, and you're like, oh. And this one huh. was. You know, aside the fog from, is the same way. Yeah, just aside ends. from the attacks and the big screams and all that, like, the movie was really, like, didn't have a lot of suspense music. Mm-hmm. It kind of, as what it did have was some fucking wind blowing in the background the entire time yep. that I kept looking out my window and I was like, is the wind really it's blowing like, that hard? That and I'd pause the movie and it was on the movie and I was like, that's one consistent track they had on there was just this fucking wind, wind. sound in the background the whole time. But I guess that was more of the realism where it's yeah. like there wasn't this big soundtrack to it. And that's, and I think that him being a composer himself as well as a director. He knows the best time to use music and the best time to not. That's why, like, in Halloween, most of the music that you hear is the... When he's around. Yeah, when he's around. But when he's not, yeah, it's just normal. And you're like, oh, okay. But I feel like that's that's a thing that I could go into for hours is parts of movies that, like, yeah, there's not sound. And it's like, that's the best part of it. Um, but it's, yeah, it just... The point of, like, the movie is, like, you know, we tell you, like, yeah, it's great. But it does. It just ends. Like, you're, like, them, like, staring at each other, like, let's figure it out. Like, I'm glad that's there, because if it just blew up and it was, like, dun, 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 he saved the day. Yeah, like, well, I would have been, like, get the fuck out of here. But the fact of, like, John Carpenter made you think of, is one of these guys real? Yeah. Are they both not real? Because I'll, I'll throw that out there. What if they both became such perfect copies of themselves that they didn't know that the other was the thing? 
and now there's two things and it's both the oh, things so are but both the things are like what is we it? can't tell <laughs> the, the other, other one, one is a thing and so now it's like oh it's a mind i might have to kill that guy because he thinks that i'm real yeah and i know he's real so i'm gonna kill him and then the other thing is like that guy thinks i'm the fucking thing this is great like i'm gonna kill this motherfucker yeah and they're both the thing and you're like Oh shit! <laughs> it could go either way. What do you think, guys? What do you yeah. think? Let us let us know on social. Uh, if you're listening to this, say on YouTube, leave us a comment. If you're listening to it on the podcast service of your choice, uh, go ahead and send us a tweet, send us a Facebook message, comment on the podcast episode, any of that. Um, let us know the best theory you have. Was it Childs? Was it McGreedy? Was it both? Was it neither? Let us know what your thoughts are. Man, so when it comes down to it, uh, we've introduced a new rating scale for the movies. Yes. So, uh, starting now in this episode, going forward, we will put a uh, our own rating system mm-hmm. out on... Uh, you know what we think we'll put it on the socials put it at the end of the episode and i think the uh, think what we're gonna go for is reels yeah um and we're gonna ask reels. uh you know how real was it man how yeah. did, and, and we're talking about one out of five reels how yeah. real was this movie for uh, you? i say a four out of five you think a four out of five i reels? think a four out of five i, I think i would have said 4.5 out of five but then you said it perfect. It kind of just it ends, and we're back to the last conversation. And uh, I feel if we would have had more time with the, you know, the big monster, I'd have given it more. But I think a solid four out of five is a perfect score for the movie. Yeah. Um, because if you go any higher, it treads into other areas for me i think if you go lower you're not giving it the credit it deserves because it is a masterpiece of a movie um it's not the best horror movie i've ever seen by any means uh it's not my favorite carpenter um but i still love it and so i would say a four out of five reels yeah uh, i'm i'm gonna you just said if you thought it was any lower man uh i i got it about a 3.5 okay. out of five and the only reason being is because the pacing is a little slow. It, this is just, and this is just watching it now. Which, yeah, if I had watched it much younger, I would have been less cynical, like less, yeah. you know, I I would have been much more entertained by the entire aspect of it all than the nitpicky things I'm picking out. So but like, I'm only saying this because I think if people need a like an honest, like if you're looking for what is it that are some of the low points in the movie, and and it can be argued too, yeah, is I think that realistically it's a bit of a slow burner but like that shit all happens at the beginning but besides those big things you go from like big screaming like if your tv or your sound bar is up too loud like it's it's ear wrenching and then it goes back to like silence there's not a lot of dialogue in the beginning um the effects are amazing the best practical effects just hold up decades later and it's amazing um the story treads along you know it's all cohesive and it does give you that like the whole time you're as uncomfortable as everybody in the movie the biggest thing it plays on is that the the fear of being stuck to freeze and die with a bunch of people that you can't trust and you're running from something that you don't know what it is and that's a really great setting for a horror film so i think that you know those parts keep it on the much higher scale i think it's a classic film i absolutely love it but i think that some of those other beats that it misses Mm -hmm. and then the soundtrack even though being like 
that nice realistic ominous feel i feel like it could have used something a little bit you know more Fair. kept along in the background and then that ending it could have had instead of spending all the money on effects maybe maybe you should have spent it like I don't know. I don't know what I would have done to the ending yeah. that would have made it a little bit better, but maybe just don't drop it off so hard. And then... Fair. Uh, but the ending does wrap up with that really good scene, like that that cliffhanger on the end of, you know, yeah. make you draw your own decision. Who's who? And so out of that, man, I give it a 3.5 out of 5 okay. reels, but it's not, by any means, it's not a middle-of-the-road film. It's yeah. a great movie. Cool. It's a great classic. It holds up today, and it, it's unmatchable. Um, and definitely one of the higher-tier John Carpenter films, but logistically speaking... Yeah. Well, and the way I look at it, too, is like, yeah, we implemented our real system out right. of 5. You gave it a 3.5. Say you did the out of 10. Still seven. It's it's a seven. It's a solid movie, dude. That's That's how it's all it is, man. You're gonna see it, yeah. Yeah. And so it's it. I can I can agree with that as well. So you know, a four from me, a three point five from you. Um, I would say to give it an overall show rating, we could do you know an end an in between, but uh, there's not really an in between with a three point five and a four. So it's it's (laughs) one of those of like, oh okay. It's definitely a watch. Yeah, it's definitely you. Definitely need to watch the thing if you've ever seen it. If you um, haven't, you need to yeah. now. Like it's, it's it's worth whatever time you're putting off to watch it later. Yeah, do it worth now. it. All righty, so we are going to go ahead and call Larry now. Um, he explained to us that this is his absolute favorite movie, and that he really wanted to be on the episode to talk about the thing. What's going on? Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Just great. How are y'all doing? Doing all right. Doing man. fantastic, brother. We uh we just sat here and went through the uh you know the whole plot and the entire you know, top to bottom of the thing, man. And uh you know we wish you were here, but we still wanted you know a valued opinion on uh on why the thing is your number one horror film. Okay, so I mean it's a little uh, I guess it's sentimental for me. I guess somewhat so like when i was a kid um my parent or you know my mother got me into like horror movies and stuff like that my dad wasn't about like the slasher movies he was like you're you're gonna grow up and be a serial killer (laughs) and he was like oh cool with me like watching like sci-fi and stuff like that so i got to watch that over and over and over again and like that and alien and stuff like that and still to this day like the thing like it it holds up, you know, like the practical effects were, you know, they're phenomenal. That's literally what we've been saying, man, is that that even to this day for like generation or, you know, decades later from 1982, that movie holds up phenomenally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Like, um, you know, you don't see that. In, I mean, like the fucking uh, uh, the sequel or no, I guess the prequel to it. The 2011 uh, version? Yeah, the 2011 version was trash. It's trash. Um, <laughs> it's, just a, it's just CGI disaster. We were just talking about it. Co- Cody said that it was really good, and I said that I either had seen it and couldn't remember it, or I haven't seen it. And either way, I need to watch it yeah. again. And I say that it's really good in the fact of I feel that it does its best to pay homage to the original thing. But I do wish that it wouldn't have went as CG heavy as it did. Yeah, if they'd used practical effects, I could have seen it like you know being something you know worth mentioning uh, now. But they just used all the CGI, and it was 
I don't know. It was just it, it wasn't there for me. It wasn't there. And and I think that's why we're calling you about the 1982 one instead of a you know 2011 one is because this one from 2000 or 1982 absolutely like you said it holds up so yeah, well. It's, it's great. I actually have a uh, an original OG uh, movie poster of the thing. Is it all creased up, like folded up, or you had it nice and rolled? Uh, no, it's it was folded up. I mean, I've got it framed now, but um, yeah, I got it in this just shop in Knoxville, Tennessee. This dude had it, and like I lost my mind. Send us a picture of it so we can put it on the socials to see it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. So what was what was your favorite death in the movie, man? Oh, my favorite death? Oh, easily the fucking uh, the chestbuster. Like, yeah. You fuck? yeah, that was gnarly. So I have a great story about that. Tell us about it. So when I was, uh, it was probably like, maybe I was like 10, you know, like you have like your buddies do like sleepovers and stuff like that. And uh, this dude, he stayed at my house and uh, I was like, man, do you want to watch like one of my favorite movies? And he was like, sure. And I was like, all right, we're going to watch the thing. He's like, I've never heard of it. So he watched it and he was like, you know, terrified and like he had to walk out of the room like when that scene came on. So um, we let him like, you know, crash in like my sister's room or whatever and like let the door open. So I army crawled. I vividly remember this. I army crawled into that bedroom and like threw my arm up in the middle of the night and grabbed him. And we had to take him home that night because he was terrified and he called his mom, you know, just like, I want to go home. <laughs> oh my God. That is wonderful. Yeah. I always bring it up like when I receive him, I'm like, you remember that time like you pretty much pissed yourself and we had to take you home after watching the thing? He's like, yeah, I remember that. It was, it was awesome. Damn. <laughs> so what we were talking about that scene. Yeah, we waited till almost like the end of our review era to actually talk about the scene because we were like, well, I don't want to like bring up probably one of the most iconic moments of the movie in the middle of the podcast. Well, you, I want to wait till the end to talk about it. So, Larry, we had mentioned, you know, they um, they actually used a double amputee for that scene, like uh, as a stunt double for when he sticks his hands in the stomach and everything, he pulls him out, like talking about being practical, uh, you know, they used an actual double amputee for it. Oh yeah, it was like the, it was like, hey man, it's your time to shine. I know life's been shitty to you, but we got a really good thing going for you right now. Right, we got something for you. It's been per. It's it hasn't been great up to now, but guess what? Right now, perfect. Oh yeah, you know, like he's sitting around like with his family, and he's like, so. Yeah, well, I mean, he can't point, but you know, he's you know, like, looking at the TV. He's like, yeah, that's me right there, but. <laughs> <laughs> he can't point but you get it you <laughs> get it Just yeah nods, so me. the last question we wanted to ask you man is at at the end of the movie um when it's childs and and mccready sitting there in the snow after the explosion which we also trailed off on how the hell did McCready like survive that explosion anyways if he was in the building and it got blown the fuck up but regardless who where do you lie in the snow about who was it at the end uh, i think it was mccready for sure what made me think it was him was when he handed off like the bottle of whiskey and he kind of like smiled or whatever i was like ah, i bet well, it was him and that's my favorite thing is like we talked about like a lot of people say that like you can see mccready's breath but you can't see child's breath 
And so everyone's like, oh, that gives it away that it's Childs or that it was like, oh, Childs drank the the whiskey. What if it was, you know, what if it was gasoline? And it's like, okay, like everybody's coming up with a theory of how to make it Childs. No one came up with how to make it McCready. And then Anthony just throws at me, well, dude, it blew up. How do we know he didn't just fucking take him over right then? And I was like, right. oh, shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, um, and what's great is like if you watch like an interview with uh, John Carpenter, he like he won't tell you who it is. He's like, oh, I know who it is, but I'm not telling you. Like uh, he has never said like on record like who who the thing was at the end of the movie. And I was, you know, to me that that matters. You know, it's not selling out. You know, I'm like I'll never tell you. And I'm glad he I'm glad he took it that way because I don't want to know. I a lot of people hate that that you know that that cliffhanger drop-off shit to think on your own but yeah. i really appreciate that sometimes because you can absolutely go anywhere and in in a, a world where reality is only what we make it like i think i'm just gonna go with what i think and that fucking works for me i don't want to know yeah 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 i want to you know my interpretation you know i want to well, I think whatever. You know what's bad is it got terrible reviews. It did, man. I read that it. It. I read that John Carpenter himself. Uh, he blamed it on being released right next to ET. So he, he was like, "Look, there were two alien films on the docket for that summer, and mine just didn't fucking make it." Okay, I hadn't heard that, so that makes me laugh out loud. Like literally, I was like, "Holy shit, what?" <laughs> it was a month after ET came out, and what was weird was. Um, the guy that played Clark, uh, he was in like, you know, either going to play, uh, be an ET and play one of the main roles in it, or he's going to be in the thing. And like Steven Spielberg was like, uh, yeah, you got to make a decision now. And he was, I, he ended up going with the thing obviously. But, uh, then ET came out and he, he was like kicking himself in the ass. He was like, Oh man, I, I really fucked up. I shouldn't have taken that movie. Well, and that's, um, I feel like that's a hard decision to make, too, because like I brought up at the beginning of this episode that Carpenter is one of my favorite directors, period. I can't take anything away from Spielberg. He's a fucking genius. He gave me so much stuff that I love to this day. But it's like, if I would have had both directors looking at me being like, you got to fucking choose, buddy, yeah. I would have sat there like, oh, shit, who do I, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do there? What are you going to do? You know? You know, it's something like, I watched the movie again the other night because I was doing my homework, and I was like, man, I, I guess I'll watch it once a year, but I'll have to watch it again. I just noticed the dude that plays Clark is the same dude that plays uh, Stanley in uh, Stephen King's It. Really? Yeah. It, is no, it wasn't just me. I just noticed that. So, my favorite thing about this so far is, I was telling Anthony this, my girlfriend, when we looked at her and went... That's Walford Brimley, and she goes, the fuck it is. Whole movie argued with us that it was not Walford Brimley, and then at the end, the first name, it goes, starring Walford Brimley, and she goes, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, diabetes, Walford Brimley. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, what, that's the first joke we made. We're like, you don't even know about diabetes. And she was like, well, that's not Walford Brimley. We're like, yeah, it is. Yes, it sure as fuck is. Do you know who is going to play that role, uh, Blair? I do not. Dr. Loomis from Halloween. Oh, really? 
We were just talking about, I mean, obviously Carpenter's connections with all of those actors because we were talking, we were really selling up fucking Halloween uh, on its own, but just how great of a director that John Carpenter is with all these fucking, yeah. these, these real slow burn, like lingering horror films that, you know, they, they keep you in the suspense where it's too uncomfortable before all those jump scares and shit. Yeah, yeah, like, what was great about the thing is, like, we kind of all experienced it this year, well, in the last year, like, you know, it could be any one of us. Yeah, right. COVID bullshit. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's like, could it be you? Could it be me? Who has it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going in and out of people's houses, and I was just, like, coming home, like, we were terrified for, like, the first, you know, couple months, just, like... Could I have it? Could I not? Damn. Like, it could be any one of us. I didn't think We're all about very that tired. at all. Yeah. Are you vaccinated now? I sure I'm vaxxed and waxed and ready. <laughs> Hell oh, yes, yeah, dude, sir. Cody, are you? I am. I am fully okay, vaxxed, man. So I don't give a fuck about you being in here. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm fully vaxxed, man. Look at that. Three vaxxed boys all Damn. in one row. Did our job, dude. Well, Larry, thanks for giving us your time, dude. We really appreciate it. And, uh, and basically, we all feel the same. Um, you know, I gave the movie, our rating system here is uh, based on reels. So, you know, we gave it, uh, Cody gave it a four out of five reels, and I gave it 3.5 out of five, only because I still think it's an incredible film. I think you should see it immediately if you haven't. If you have seen it, you should go watch it again because it's incredible and it holds up so fantastically to this day. My only qualms are a few pacing issues, uh, some dialogue issues, and then at the end, it really just drops off on like a like that monster fight at the end like the big boss fight is just really quick and over with in a flash so i wish it would have built up a little more but other than that dude it's a fucking amazing film and i can definitely see how it could be yours and many fan favorites across a horror genre yeah and everybody's entitled to their opinion but you're wrong and i hate you (laughs) right and that's fair that's what i said you know certainly certainly fair um guys thank you so much for having me on here i want to do this like in person i don't know if you i don't even know what you guys call it. is it like two hicks and flicks <laughs> <laughs> it is now it definitely look that's gonna be the special episode title of this one damn two hicks and flicks i look we now i gotta do a whole fucking marketing campaign redo it and everything <laughs> that's really good uh it says the semi semi-social movie club all right buddy we'll talk to you next week okay bye and once again, we want to thank Larry for coming on to the show. That was super awesome to hear his take on the thing. Um, like he said, buddy, uh, you're wrong. 3.5 is too low, man. I agree, dude. I, you know, like here's the thing. I'm unwavering in my decision, right? But I understand, I understand that I'm going to catch some shit for it. Please understand why I said it, and I do yep. stick to it. But, uh, you know, again, who the fuck am I to, to be telling you? I am yeah. I am a journalistic freelance expert on this, and by that I mean we watch movies, movies every day. tell you what we think on a podcast. So, uh, you know, if... If that gets me if that gets me some shit, I'm going to stick with it, but all in all that said, it is an amazing movie yeah. and you absolutely should watch it and maybe don't be as crit- it sucks. It it takes the joy out of a movie sometimes in yeah. doing this project where you have to take notes and watch it because you can't focus on the film like you want to because you have to take notes or else you have to watch it again and again. But taking notes makes it more critical because you're like, "Well, I have to mention this, I have to mention yep. this, I have to mention this." And it's not as good as just watching the film. So but- 
I think that like that's my thing is like don't take our opinion 100 fucking percent seriously if you're listening to this and your whole thing was like i'm listening to this because i like the show from episode one and you're just listening to episode two because you're like i don't give a shit about the thing you don't have to take our opinion seriously if you don't like the thing it's not your thing. I Trust get it. Trust me, buddy. Nobody's listening to this show for our personalities. It's yeah. all about the facts. It's all about the <laughs> movies, okay? Yeah. And so my thing with it is, man, if you love something, don't let fucking someone tell you that it's shitty. If you love something, let it go. <laughs> That's what I've heard. But no, yeah, it's like, man, don't let don't let someone tell you, like, oh, man, that movie fucking sucks. If you love it, love it, man. Like I was telling him, my one of my favorite movies is Night of the Living Dead. And I know so many people that make fun of the first Night of the Living Dead because they don't understand what it did for one, cinema, and B, how good it was at the time. And people will make fun of it. And it's just like, okay, whatever. I don't care. It's still one of my favorite movies. It doesn't matter what you say. It's not going to change my mind about it. I fucking love it. And my favorite movie may also be a bit of a, you know, one of those, like, head scratchers. I mean, some people may get it right away. Some people may be like, really? That one? But uh, we'll talk about all of those favorite films on another episode. We'll do okay. a my favorite and your favorite, and we'll Ooh, watch each one of them. I'm ready for that. Um, but talking about what movies to watch next, man, what do you think we should do as the next movie? I think next week, because me and you were talking about this earlier. You've seen it, but not in a while. And I said that I've seen it, but don't remember it well enough. Oh, no, 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 no. I have not seen it in a while, but make no mistake. I've seen it enough times to play it in my head right oh, now. Oh, okay. okay. You, I'm very familiar with it. You are not. I'm not. And I want you to watch it as an adult and tell yeah. me what you think now. So the next movie that we're going to do is The Cable Guy with Jim Carrey and Matthew Broderick. Um, the first time that I ever tried to watch it, a buddy tried to show it to me. And I... it. Like, I was just telling Larry while we had him on the phone, and I was telling Anthony earlier, it wasn't the way I was used to seeing Jim Carrey. And so it weirded me out to the point where I was like, I don't want to watch this. And then plus, I think I was was growing out of more of those kind of comedies at the time. Right. But now I come back to those comedies, and I love them. And I'm just like, oh, man. Like, I watched Dumb and Dumber for the first time again in... Man, God, I really, 15, I really 16 missed years, those, like, like a year ago, and I was like, oh, God, this is hilarious still to this good, day. Good, almost, not necessarily slapstick, but close to good it. Good old fashioned, like, comedies that are just, there's not a lot of heartache through and through. Like, it's the climax is not, you know, not on a down note at all. It's just something that just to feel good the whole time, and it's still just a good, a good yeah. laugh pooler. And, the cable guy is one of those films i promise you like comedic wise you know there's some things that either you're like i don't feel comfortable joking about or that joke given what the time is not relevant so therefore not funny this is not one of those movies this is it is funny to the core because of the character that Fair. jim carrey creates and the dynamic him and matthew broderick have is it sets it off so we are doing the cable guy for the next week's episode so hopefully you guys are ready and where can they find us if they're looking on socials you'll be able to find us at semi social movie club on every platform known to man um the best part about it is i'm a twitter guy so i'll probably be even more interactive on twitter than i will anywhere else so if you got any questions for the pod you want to see a certain movie something like that Throw us up at that Twitter. Um, I'm pretty much going to be posting the same things between the Twitter and the Instagram. The Facebook may vary. We may do different things there. And the Twitter, we might do some polls and stuff. But uh, we're going to give you some nice, nifty, cool stuff for like the whole first week of Mortal Kombat. And then the whole week of Thing. It's going to be nothing to do 
but stuff with that movie. So be ready. Be ready to follow us. Be ready for more guests that are coming, uh, more rotating hosts that are going to be on with different things. With that being said, I've already said it twice. Next week is The Cable Guy. But before we leave you, it is now time for Anthony to give you his 90s seconds. The year is 1988. On the run with the determined and hungry detective on his heels, the serial killer with three names takes the only opportunity he sees for escape in a last minute stitch by placing the thing he holds dearest inside this season's hottest child's toy. Meanwhile, a single mother, anxious to fulfill her son's only most burning desire, stumbles across the chance to make his wildest birthday dreams come true. She purchases a stolen plaything from a sceny back alley peddler. After finally accepting the truth about the far-fetched stories from her son about the murderous secrets passed to him from his artificial friend, will it be too late to stop this quick-talking, slick-slicing strangler from switching souls with her baby boy? Find out in this fall's latest horror thriller where a good toy can be a bad time. Batteries not included. We want to hear from you on the socials. Like I said, be the first one on Twitter to give me the answer to that 90s seconds. And you can either have a nice shout out or choose our next movie. Once again, we are the Semi Social Movie Club. We absolutely thank you for coming by and stopping by for episode two of John Carpenter's The Thing. It has been a brilliant time. Until next week, keep it semi social. All right. Thanks, guys. That was dope. I know, right? This production is brought to you by Vapor Valley Noise Cult.